We just finished recording uh, one of our uh, probably most passionate, I'd say, uh, discussions. We had a real good time talking about it, getting to some personal issues. Um, and, you know, you, it might move you a little bit. And if you need more guidance, especially when it comes to exercise programming, we offer several programs. And, of course, they were designed by us, uh, trainers with over uh, you know, up to 15 to 20 years of experience working with individuals. We have programs that are great to start with. We have programs that are great for athletes or those who are performance oriented, and even those of you who are aesthetic focused. We have all these programs available, and we've also bundled them together for discounted rates. And, and some of these bundles will take you out nine months or even a year worth of exercise programming. You can find all of these programs on our site and more information on them at mindpumpmedia.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. I was watching last night on YouTube this, uh, it's what was it called? OCD Extreme Camp or Extreme Camp for OCD or whatever. And it's this BBC show that's on like you can watch it on youtube but it's a bbc show mm. where what's, a, what's, a, what's that what's a is that a uh, british television oh, that's, oh yeah. that's what that is yeah mm. british BBC broadcasting one, yeah. bbc two how did you know that dude you ever Everybody seen awesome powers yeah. no i didn't know bbc is one of the biggest networks in the world oh yeah. so just a network yeah, it's, a network. Oh, okay. yeah. Got it. it's a common network that we now have if, over you, here. if you if you it look, sounds from it's the one with the squares right yeah. square it's like the three think bbc so. and their little boxes but if you ha- if you hashtag I've bbc or look up bbc on a porn site something else might come up uh, <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. gonna do that right now yeah. actually so i wouldn't bbw bbc yeah i wouldn't do that if I because you did it already that's why because you did it already yes you did i haven't looked at porn in a long time big so i'm gonna guess big is the first letter yeah yeah. Something like that. Yeah. C's probably cock. Yeah, so, probably. So I was watching this, and these poor kids, right? They got like extreme OCD. But OCD comes in many forms, and one of them is like these kids. There's a couple of these kids who just have terrible thoughts mm. that just run through their head, and they can't stop them. You know what I mean? Isn't that called Tourette's? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Mm. I, I don't know what the defining like, character is. Ass. Yeah, that's a form of Tourette's, but there's yeah. other forms. But anyway, they have these horrible thoughts that run through their head, and and I'm like, fuck, I wonder if I have a version of this, because sometimes, like like right now, we're like, hey, let's just go, yeah. and now I'm getting... All I, all I want to talk about is horrible stories that that just I totally forgot for the last 30 years, and now are popping up yeah, yeah. in my head. I think, like when, when I think I was, that's like our fallback, you know what I mean? Like maybe. It, yeah. Like when I was a kid, uh, my sister, we had a dog, okay? Uh, what was his name? Hmm. Uh Spotty. No, his name was Limo. Limo? Yeah. Isn't that a weird name? That is. I just remembered his name. Limo. I don't know why we called him Limo. Lamo. Yeah, maybe my dad was mispronouncing Limo or something like that because he was kind of a long dog. Hmm. And my dad speaks broken English. (laughs) Hey, we're going to call him Limo. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, like in the car you drive. (laughs) (laughs) You got to turn the corners real wide. Actually, we had a pit bull at one point, and my dad called him uh, Pete. Because my dad didn't say pit, right? Oh, Pete. So it's a Pete. Pete like a Pete the Bull. Pete the Bull. So everybody's like, oh, your dog's name is Pete? <laughs> oh, I lo- oh, my God, I love that. So that's what we that. called him. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's, that's what we called him. That's great. That's beautiful. So anyway, uh, so we had a dog named Limo. And uh, <laughs> isn't that a great name? <laughs> it's a stretch Limo. And my, <laughs> yeah. and, my, and my sister, she would come from out, and she was young. We were all young, right? So I was, was probably- this your, Was this your first pet, first dog? No. The first dog was Pete. Uh. <laughs> Who then died. Pete, then Limo. And then we had Limo. <laughs> Limo was like, he looked like a cross between a Dotson 
Okay. And a, uh, a pug and something else. It was a weird looking that dog. That is a weird hmm. And a chihuahua. Oh my God, that's a weird Whoa. combination. The most gangster dog I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Was it a yappy dog? He was the most courageous little shit and he fucked every dog. I don't care what the dog. <laughs> oh, man. Male, female, big, yeah. small. Yeah, Limo was down. Lots of hump he was, resting. He was DTF yeah. constantly. <laughs> gotcha. So anyway, my sister, who at the time was probably, God, I was probably 10, so she's probably six, or maybe I was 11, she's seven. She comes inside. She's like, oh, papa, look. Limo likes to dance with me. It's so cute. He's dancing with me. So my dad's like, oh, what? What do you mean he's dancing with you? <laughs> so she goes outside and she's like, look. And so Limo fucking's humping her leg. Yeah. Oh, she did not. Dancing. <laughs> He's dancing. He's humping her leg, dude. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, and it I'm looks a, a lot like grinding. And I'm yeah. ele- I'm 11, right? And I'm just starting to figure things out. Well, how old is she? Now, how old is she? Six. Okay, so that makes Six sense. Six or seven. Yeah, you don't understand what's She has no on, idea yeah. what the hell's going yeah. on. Yeah. It's like the first time you walked in on your parents. Oh, they're wrestling. <laughs> Why do mom and dad wrestle <laughs> naked? Oh, that doesn't make God. any sense to me. I've never walked in on my parents. You oh, never yeah. have? Never. I thought every kid has at least once. Never. Why did you bring that up? That's horrible. That's yeah, stuff that you don't want to. Oh want yeah, to no, play. it's fucking burned into my oh, brain, bro. I buried, that happened to you? I buried yeah. that shit. One time you walked in. Well, one time vividly, I remember. I'm sure it's probably happened more as a, even younger. Ooh. But there was a. Let's see, I'm in Modesto, so I was about uh, uh, third or fourth grade. Oh, yeah, it's so burned. impressionable. It's burned, burned in there. Can't get rid of it. So they you literally walked the door. in. Walked. They didn't lock the door. Walked oh, in, and man. they they were just a ball. It's like a, it's a, it's like just a ball of nudity, you know. Whoa. And just like, what? Why is mom and dad wrestling Did naked? They scream? Huh? Did they scream? At they you? didn't even see me. I just realized that it was I shouldn't be in the room. You know what I'm saying? So like you, you walked in and walked out. Yeah, yeah. You walked in. You, I paused for a second, like, and then walked out right away. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, and the shitty part about that is that you don't. It doesn't register till later. Yeah, no, exactly. That's like later like, on, you're like, oh, yeah, later that's on. what in was life. happening. Yeah. yeah, later, yeah. later on, when they sit down and they 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 read you. I think it was. See, that was like third or fourth grade i think fifth grade was when they read to me where did you come from and then it was like oh i get it now oh. yeah i get it you guys were Jesus. you weren't wrestling naked. see i didn't actually see it but now i, I saw the patterns as i'm older now where oh. we would like watch tv downstairs and be like okay nobody come upstairs <laughs> locking the door and guess what we had really creaky floors you know what i'm saying and it was just like it's <laughs> like what is going on up there <laughs> It's just some sh- like what are they doing? You know, it's I like, just didn't even know. It's like party who is like yeah. party who looks at your dad and you're like, oh, you mother, you fucking yeah. yeah. And then parties are like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you got to include your mom. Like you can't into that. fist. Yeah, yeah. Because you your mom's involved, it's, it grosses you out. Because mom's involved. Yeah. Mom's involved. It's not okay. Yeah. 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 What are you gonna do that to mom, dad? Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. Come on, man. Yeah, and then they come downstairs all hey, 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 hey. all giddy and happy. Hey, who wants sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> all frazzled hair. Yeah. You're like, mom, can you wash your fucking hands yeah. just before you yeah. make me a sandwich? Honey, do you want me to make yeah. you a tuna sandwich real quick? I got you. <laughs> like, oh my god, no! Yeah, like uh, no, anything no. but that. Mom, you know I like egg salad better than tuna oh, salad. Come on, anything salad. We've had related. tuna salad sandwiches for the last two no. weeks straight. See, this is how. This I'll is make how, my own food. This is how warped up, uh, warped I was in my mind when I found out, when I figured out sex, like, oh, fuck. Then the next thing I thought was, oh, my parents have sex. Gross. And then yeah. the third thing that I thought was, 
Ew, my parents have had sex four times because they had four kids. I literally thought <laughs> they've had it four times, man. I, yeah, like, I, this is crazy. I literally thought yeah. like they had sex four times, yeah. like, and that was it. Yeah, you know that's I mean? funny. Yeah. You know? Then later on, I was like, uh, oh, they do this for recreation too. And was then, it, is it awkward now? Like you have kids, right? And and we're, we're talking to our parents now, and they're so open about it, and you're just like, ew. Oh, I hate like, it. No, we're not on that level. I hate yeah, it, you're dude. still my mom and dad. I fucking right. I don't want to talk. Hate that. it. I remember. I, I mean, I had a conversation not that long ago with my mom, and she's like, she's like, oh, you know, you, you're, you. I don't remember how the conversation started, and uh, my mom was like, yeah, you probably take take after your dad. I mean, he can't keep his hands off <laughs> oh me. That God. man, I swear, he's like an 18 year old kid all the time. My dad's in the back, like, mm hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm like. And oh, I'm like, oh yeah. Are you fucking serious yeah. right now? <laughs> Like you guys, you guys didn't. He can't mention, keep his hands off me. Yeah, you guys didn't mention sex ever until yeah. now. I don't want to hear it now. Now right. I know about that shit. This <laughs> yeah. is a conversation we should have had before. Katrina's family is very much so like this. Yeah. Like her mom is like awkwardly open about it, and it's taking. I mean, we're together six years now, so obviously I've learned to roll with it and have yeah, fun with you just it. Kind of smile. Oh yeah, no, but we'll be like sitting at the dinner table, like normal conversation, and like, honey, your skin is glowing. You guys must be having great sex lately. Oh. It's like, oh. And that's her mom? Yeah, it's her yeah. mom. Yeah. Or like if, if if there's something going on between us or she's like, she's venting that, oh, I've been a pain in the ass to deal with lately. Like, well, have you been giving him blowjobs lately, honey? Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, way to go, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> way yeah. to go, Ma. You're like, you're the great best. advice. You're the best mother-in-law <laughs> yeah, yeah. of all time. Oh, God. Yeah, and then I remember like as a kid. Roadhead. As a kid, every time I saw a pregnant lady, I was like, I know what you did. <laughs> I know. I know how that got there you had dick <laughs> so disgusting made that happen yeah that's pretty gross yeah but anyway yeah yeah i think I, what i want to do on air is uh just uh just you know just let everybody know that me and adam we're still friends oh i know <laughs> oh yeah it's we, funny we, we it, like each other that's it's so funny it's funny how some people uh I think that like it's like there's this animosity between the two of us or that we just don't I mean I couldn't be uh any closer or consider Sal more of a friend um but I also think that it's it just comes across wrong because I mean the guy that we really hate is Justin yeah <laughs> but you know people don't realize we don't like to pick on yeah. him as much yeah. no you know what it is I'll tell you what it's very difficult to find people that you can have good honest debate and discussion with Without people getting like butt hurt or take mm. it personally, it's very very difficult. It's it a hard, hard thing to do. Most people can't do it. Most people take it uh, personally. Well, they get, exactly, they get personal about it, and then it turns into attacking. Which I found, I mean, uh, for the most part, like so on our forum this morning because that episode aired uh, last night, and I posted on there, "Are you aware?" and it created all this great uh, dialogue. Which mm. I that was the purpose of this was to create great dialogue on a on a great debate that you you and I had on the show. And only one person that I see on there, you know, oh, I just, I thought it went on too long. Like it was for the sake of arguing. I'm like, no, not at all. I don't think Sal and I ever interrupted or yelled over the top or started taking insults. I think he would explain a point and then I would disagree and then he would disagree with me. But I mean, each person allowed the other person to commit. I think, I think that's a healthy thing for people to see and understand that. I mean, in life, we're not going to agree. People are not going to agree with other people. I mean, that's just how we are, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has going to have their individual views. And I think the takeaway from that is you can totally disagree with somebody 
and get your point across and have uh, have an opinion and debate it openly. There, to me, I didn't feel like I was arguing. No, you know, I think I, I didn't feel arguing at all. Debate and uh, <clears throat> an argument and discussion is part of that's uh, learning. Yes, communication. Yeah. Too. It has yeah. to be because yes. could you imagine if you all you ever are, are you know if the only people you surround yourself with and the only people you ever talk to are people that 100% yes, agree with you. Yeah. What ends up happening with that is what you see with a lot of celebrities. When, when you see celebrities who seem totally out of touch and a little bit crazy in their own world, it's because they've surrounded themselves with all these yes men. Yeah. And everything they say, everything they do, people laugh at, yeah, they people think they're awesome. can't do any wrong. And, and, and then when someone disagrees with them, it's like their whole world comes crashing down. They don't have a real good sense of, uh, of self and ego right. because, God forbid, you know, someone disagree with them. That's oh, a problem. Oh, I love I love the fact that uh, you and I disagree on on several things, not a lot, but several things we disagree on because for and I think we've both expressed this off air before. I don't know how many times that we've talked about something and then it just it makes me view it different because I respect you as an intelligent man. I think whenever you do have a debate, I don't think you just this is the way I think you're an idiot. It's like you back it up with your why what makes you think this way? You support it intelligently. Um, I like to think I do the same thing too. And then there's been many times where we both go our separate ways. And then each per- and what I love to do is, even though I'm debating it uh, from my point of view, that's how I, I take away what you say. I already know how I feel. Mm. I'm very interested in mm. your argument or your debate with that. Because well, I've changed my views several times because of uh, working with you guys, because we've had many disagreements off air, all of us, uh, the four of us. And at the end of it, you know, and, and sometimes they're business disagreements, right? Yeah. How we should operate and run our business. Sometimes they're, you know, disagreements in our message or how we're communicating them. But at the end of it, what tends to happen is the better, you know, the, the better position tends to come out. Right. right. And, and many times it's not my position. Many mm-hmm. times it's one of your guys' position. But at the end of it, I don't care who came up with it. What I want is, you know, more... You know, I, I want better. You know, better communication. I want better truth. I want more answers. I don't care who's right. If I just care what the answer is, I don't care if I thought one plus one was three. If you're saying it's two, and we argue and debate, and I've got good points and you got good points, but then at the end of it, I look at the answer and I go, "Well, fuck, I was wrong." Yeah, the only way to get the truth is to hear multiple uh, directions, multiple angles from that same topic, and yeah. so. You know, like, I, and, and this is too uh, something I picked up from you as far as, you know, going on to other people's forums and other people's thought process as far as like, you know, where, where are they coming from? Like, why, why do they believe so passionately mm. in this one specific topic? And you're never going to really like have a solid argument unless you fully understand like the opposing. So, so true. Yeah. So and, true. And, and that, that totally, you know, that resonated with me and, and, you know, I've definitely sought more, um, information that was counter to how I've learned, you know, and like what I've gone through in school. And, and I, and I feel like, like, the, like mind pump really is that it's like, it's a lot of, uh, uh challenging, like common thought and, and, and things that we've learned. So, that's one thing I commend a, you for. A quote that really resonated with me a long time ago was, uh, seek to understand rather than seek to be understood. And uh, I have lots of examples of that in fitness. And I'll give you one of them. My, this is a very specific one. My opinion of uh, those vibrating plates, you know, those, uh, oh, yeah. what are they called? 
the mm. power plates. Power plates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My opinion on those has changed dramatically since the start of Mind Pump. Oh, God, we could list a bunch of things. But I'll, I'll, I'm using that as a specific example, and I'll yeah. tell you why, why, how it's changed. Number one, sometimes what you need to understand is someone may be correct in their position. They just can't uh, argue it properly. Right. So because they can't argue it properly, you immediately disagree, and then you don't want to listen anymore. Mm, great point. But what you should do is you should try to seek to understand. Yes, where they're coming from. Because sometimes you you listen and you go, wait a minute, it, you were just arguing it wrong, but I think you may be right. And one of them was like the vibrating, the, the power play. I heard people saying, oh, the power play makes you unstable and cre- it helps you make, become stronger because it's different. And, it's, and I'm like, no, 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 no. You'll get more strength on a stable surface. You're gonna, it's not, you know, this whole, this whole vibrating thing doesn't make any sense, yeah, whatever. it's gimmicky. It's gimmicky. And so then when I, I dive deeper and I started using one, I started realizing that the vibrations from the plate, really what it's doing is it's getting my central nervous system to step out a little bit and to yeah. relax a little bit which allows me to go into deeper ranges of motion that I may not be able to normally get in because I don't have necessarily strength within those ranges of motion. Because when you apply a vibrating force on your body, your muscles have a tendency to turn off and on at very, very micro, very, very microsecond type of scale. Like you vibrate your, your, your quads, your muscles have a tendency to want to fire, not fire, fire, not fire. It creates this interesting feeling and sensation and that allows you to move into deeper ranges of motion. Now, nobody had fucking argued it that way to me. Mm-hmm. So t- to me, when they were the way they were arguing it, I was arguing it to me. I was like, no, I, I disagreed the whole time. But I went back and I really tried to seek to understand what they were talking about. Mm. And I started testing it and I started looking deeper into the science. And I said, wow, in many cases... I can see how these people are right with their application of this power play. And that's just one example. Yeah, I was wondering like how they were arguing it beforehand. I think it was more along the lines of like it, it activates more muscles at once. Which like, is like it like bad argument. Right, it's a bad argument. They're just saying that, you know, you're contracting more muscles at once and the recruitment is 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 louder. That's not the case. Like you said, like the the, the true benefit to it that we've seen is that it helps you to sort of dampen the signal to yeah, it relaxes the scene relax you can yeah you get more range of motion like it and i've always and i've kind of looked at it like that but i didn't really realize too like it, that's how i've been using it more for stretching and more for you know getting that kind of response it's the same reason why massagers you know the old school back massagers where you you put the vibrating you know now of course people use them to, to masturbate but yeah i'm talking about the big headed you know <laughs> The, with the big knob, when you put that on a tight muscle, you'll get relief from it. But because why? What's it doing? It's getting the CNS to kind of. It's almost like uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? It's like a. Uh, it's like it's like confusing the signal, mm-hmm. and so distracting. The, yeah. yeah, and so the signal kind of dampens because it's confusing the signal a little bit, and that's what it does. And so when the argument is better, now it makes sense to me. But I had to seek to understand. Another one is. Uh, like when, when, whenever I talk to anybody who, uh, performs, uh, Chinese medicine, I initially, you know, I had to go through this process, right. Of, of, you know, kind of where I'm at now and I'm still on a process, but I'm still learning more and more. But initially to me, Chinese medicine and the theories behind Chinese medicine was hogwash. It was hogwash because of the way that they were explain it when they're sitting there talking to me about these meridians and this chi or, or when I hear, you know, people with Ayurvedic medicine talk about chakras and mm-hmm. there's zero scientific evidence for some of the stuff that they're talking about. To me, I shut off. Yeah. Well, it becomes more religious and, and spiritual. Yeah. I'd shut off and be like, that yeah. doesn't fucking make any sense. However, when you really look at the human body and how it reacts and responds to certain things and you see things like referred pain or if I touch you here, it affects this part of your, this, this distal part of your body or 
if we, you know, you know, when I start to understand, when I start to look at it from that angle, I see, wow, there's lots of, there is lots of potential benefit from things like acupuncture, acupressure. And when Chinese medicine, you know, comes out with herbs and says, you know, these are hot herbs and these are cold herbs and they work with this, that, and the other. If I start to define from a Western medicine standpoint, what hot and cold mean, I can see now some of them are stimulating in different ways and some of them are calming in different ways. And that's Mm -hmm. what they mean. That's what they mean. Yeah. And so I'm seeking to understand. And so because of that, now I can see, the validity in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's one of the things that I, I think is real important that we try to do. And, you know, like with our recent discussions about awareness um, and what that means, um, it's two things. A, it helps me understand how my argument is coming across. And I think I, uh, for myself, and I'm only going to focus on me for now, I think the way that I sometimes present things, and it's just my nature. So I want to I want to be clear. My nature is... I'm a very passionate individual, and I, I'm uh, very um, I'm very good at arguing uh, a position that I may feel, and that may come across as uh, pompous or it may come across as arrogant. And uh, you know, if someone were to call me that now, it would not be the first time. Um, that's that's happened many many times, and so I can understand uh, you know opposing positions. And I think some of the positions you were taking, Adam, were you know, to, to, to kind of lighten that, maybe lighten that position or make it or, or come from a different angle. Well, I, and I wanted you to, and I, that's exactly, exactly what it was, was, um, I know, I know you. So I always know when you're, when you're delivering a message like that, it's very pure mm-hmm. and it's, it's coming from a point that you're trying to help people and help people become more aware and connected. But I also know too, that there's, probably 20,000 people that, uh, literally that day that are listening to that episode that may be the first time they've ever heard Sal talk about something. And so I want to say something that I think that maybe 20% of them or something may be thinking because I want them to hear you articulate your answer and explain it in more depth so they get it versus uh, just shutting you off because they're like, oh, he just thinks he's, sure. you know what I'm saying? So, And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand too is that when we get into that, there's a lot of times where I will challenge uh, what uh, someone is saying, not because I technically disagree, even if I say I disagree. It's I want I want to create that that dialogue because I think it's a good I think it's good dialogue I think it's a great topic and that's why I didn't want to go I remember Justin started to get a little uncomfortable and he wanted to redirect and go the different direction I was like no 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 no, no. I don't want to leave this because I think this is good dialogue that we're yeah. having even though we're disagreeing and we're going back and forth well it's not even that a lot a lot of it is really for me just listening to you guys I know exactly what you guys are doing you know it's just it's more of like I think the the, the overall tone can kind of take a little bit like more of like too serious you know like Mm -hmm. i want to make sure people understand that we're still you know this is a this is playful banter but at the same time it's challenging each other so it's um it's definitely a fine line and i i love i love when you guys get into it and and express yourselves in that way because it does it 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 engages a better conversation at a deeper level so a lot of times people like that's why people get uncomfortable is because when things get deeper you know, it, it, you start to self-reflect and you're like, oh, my God, like you start like like really peering into to what, you know, the root of some sometimes people like how they see things. Well, the, <clears throat> this is what it really excites me, <clears throat> excuse me, about, uh, you know, finally getting to get uh, Lane Norton to talk with us, because I hope that he has this ability to converse this way about mm-hmm. IFYM, because. 
you know, I hope it doesn't turn into just a uh, show me the studies that show that, you know, this or show me the studies that don't sh- that show you that versus let's talk about the position that you're taking. And I'm going to explain the, the reason why I take this, the position that I take. <clears throat> and then together we can have a healthy debate so people can kind of get an understanding. Yeah. Because this is what to me that when we talk about that and that's kind of like the post I did. Uh, recently where, you know, I talk about what sucks about IFYM. I'm not saying that it doesn't work and I'm not saying it hasn't worked with for tons of people and it's not like, oh, two each their own. No, it's, it's trying to get people to understand that that's only one step, you know, yeah. that's only one step in the right direction. Like you've, okay, awesome. You've now learned what a protein, carb, and fat is and what too much of those are and what not enough of those are in your diet. Now let's start diving into all these little foods and different choices and food patterns that you have. Because I'll tell you right now, you know, thousands of people that all of us have been that have trained. And this is where I know, like, this is where I can't wait to get Lane in the room and we can discuss things is, you know, when you're somebody who does uh, studies and that's and you're and you're very very intelligent and book smart, um, that that's awesome and that is definitely someone I love to surround myself with because I want to hear uh, where they're coming from and and all the information that they've learned. But there's something to be said about you know applied science too and actually dealing with people in real world and realizing, wow, there's a major psychological component that comes to this. And there's so much more than meets the eye. Well, dealing with all the other variables, yes, you know, not just keeping yourself within like two frames of thought. Well, you know, look, here's the thing. Like when you hear these, these topics and they're making you uncomfortable, something that I've been told uh, by several people, and it didn't really ring home until rather recently is that many times when you find something uncomfortable uh, or you find someone irritating, that it has more, it has something to do with yourself, that there may be something within that that you don't like about yourself, and that's mm-hmm. what's really that's what's really bothering you. And I, I, I really try to make a point now to, to acknowledge that because I'll see someone be a certain way, and I'll be like, oh, I hate that person. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, well, why? why? Why do they get on my nerves? And there's a piece of it that maybe I see in myself mm-hmm. that I may not, you know, I mean, I may not like, you know, that, that may irritate me about myself. And so I, it comes out that way. And it's easier to direct it at someone else yeah. than it is to direct it at yourself. And the other thing is being uncomfortable is where growth happens. Yep. There is no growth from being comfortable uh, at all. Um, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to challenge yourself and in order to grow, but you have to also be open to grow. Wow. Otherwise what happens, you just yell at each other and uh, nothing, you know, nothing ever happens. This is something I, I just recently talked about. I've been getting a lot of uh, messages um, inboxed to me about like, you know, you, that I've talked about that specific fact that it's been uncomfortable for me this whole journey in the very beginning to express myself and vocalize my opinions and be a part of the conversation because uh, for me... You know, it's always like a real tight group. It's a, a two, two to three max. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where my comfort zone lies. However, you know, if, if I'm to give any advice or anything about not, you know, being introverted or, or, or you know, getting over the shyness, like it, really all it is is just exposing yourself to that environment, being uncomfortable, going through the hurdles as they come at you. You know, like you can't. You can't just like sit back and, and have things happen to you, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to just change your your train of thought and and decide that day that okay, you know I'm going to immerse myself in this. Things are going to happen. I'm going to get uncomfortable. Uh, I'm going to say dumb shit. Like people are going to have opinions about me because of my opinions thrown back, 
and that's okay. And and I'm going to work my way out of it. And, and, you know, through this sort of, through this, through this experience is, is really brought to light a lot more of like who I am, you mm-hmm. know, who I am as a person and then how, uh, how everybody else sees me. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's therapy, you know, this whole process has been therapy. For well, me. I have, I have a question for you being that guy that's like that, because when you say that I'm like going back and thinking of like, you know, what made me the other person that's not, that's not afraid of that. And just, I love to do that and embrace that all the time. And I think, you know, this is why I, I'm, I'm very grateful of my childhood and the things that I went through early on, like, you know, living in nine different homes growing up as a kid and, you know, moving to different cities in a new school and, you know, tr- trying different sports and it forced you, know, you. Yes, exactly. It forced me. And, and I'll, I'll, I don't forget it. All those days are very vivid to me. The first day walking on a new campus, being the new kid, not knowing anybody, just leaving a place where I had lots of friends and got along with people starting all over like that. Like I remember that was not an exciting day for me. It was dreadful. It was scary. I was nervous. Mm-hmm. But then I also met some of my best friends then, and it became one of my favorite places and or a sport that I was very nervous to play because I'm, I'm the new guy in town and now nobody knows me or knows what I am capable and I don't want to screw up and all these fears and things are going through my head. But then I do it and then it ends up being my favorite team or my favorite sport that I played with or you know, so I think mm-hmm. I got a chance to practice that so much at a young age that now as an adult when there's something that scares me or something that I'm uncertain of, I get excited. Actually, yeah. I go, yeah, like, I go towards it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Like, cause you know what? I know that what's going to come out of this is something great. I'm either going to grow from it and realize it's not for me, or I may be finding out that this is something I'm going to love and, 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 and do for the rest of my life or it be a part of it. So, you know, is that kind of how the, your thinking goes now or what, what has that Absolutely. been? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I always, I, I look and I seek out opportunities for me to make myself uncomfortable. Like, especially like when we were doing our, our speaking engagements at, at Orange Theory or, or like when we're speaking in public, that used to just terrify the shit out of me. You know, that used to be one of the things where uh, I just don't like, I don't like being in, in a position where um, everybody's hanging on, on every word I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, that's just something that just drives this crazy, like <laughs> anxiety and fear mm-hmm. within sure. me. And so like, uh, and so I know that about myself. And so, uh, I just, I, as I'm, I'm, as I'm in the process, it was more of just, uh, me mentally like recognizing that and, and just turning that on its head and saying, no, you know, I am, I am going to be comfortable in this. It, it, not only am I going to be comfortable in this, I'm going to enjoy this. And, and it's just a different mentality that you just have to like apply and you have to find that within yourself. And not only that, like, I mean, there's been a lot of situations like that where like, I don't know shit about this topic or I don't know anything about this. And so I feel unqualified, but you know what? Like I'm going to pursue it. And, and I know that I'm, I'm weak in this area. I know like as a trainer, my biggest weakness in the beginning was that I didn't know that much about nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I knew that because I started talking to, uh, nutritionist. And so that's what I did. I sought out, uh, nutritionist, you know, dietitians, and, and I tried to incorporate them with my clients. And then I started picking their brain and that led me down a hole. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get better at this. You know? it's, it's interesting because many times the thought of something is far worse than the thing itself. Oh, of course. Yep. Many, many times. I mean, of course there's situations where the thing itself is terrible, <laughs> but for the most part, all the things that we fear and that give us anxiety are things that once we get in them and do them, we're like, well, that wasn't that. It reminds me of like when you were a kid and you went to the doctor to get a shot 
and you're just fucking freaking out. Oh my yeah. god, I don't want. It. And then you get the shot and it's over, and you're like, well, that was oh, it. That wasn't too bad. That yeah. wasn't too bad at all. It's it's literally like that. That that that, that, that we create this uh, this reality around ourselves where we're terrified to do the whatever thing it is, whether it be to you know change your nutrition, work out in a new gym, go speak in front of people, uh, you know whatever. It's the thought of things that, t- that that are very difficult. It's not the actual thing itself, and so you got to kind of remind yourself, like, okay, right now I'm not in that situation that I'm terrified in, so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that situation, I'll deal with it at that moment. It doesn't mean you shouldn't prepare or anything. It just means that you know that 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 type of anxiety and fear really isn't serving you past a certain point. Up to a certain point, it'll serve you. It might, might help you become more prepared. It might help you learn more. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you got to look at you got to ask yourself, like, is this really Am I benefiting at all from any of this? And uh, and usually it's no. Usually don't you feel? No. Don't you feel like uh, a lot of this too is like people for some reason as humans like we we tend to gravitate towards our our comfort zone. Like we we don't like getting out of that, and we like and, and we like to feel comfortable in our routine, comfortable in our relationship, comfortable in our job. Like this this uh, this uh, desire to to find normalcy, right? You know like, what's what's funny. So if you look at like modern society, right? It's this is the best time to be alive at any time in human history. Explain uh, that because I I know some people are going like disagreeing right now. Be, well, because they're just because of what what's fed to them in media. Yeah, and shit like that. Bo- so no, no, explain no, that because like, you've talked about by, this before. By all objective measures, access to I'm talking about being in the modern world, right? You have more access to food, shelter clothing, basic necessities, you have access to information, you can walk around for the most part and not be afraid of being raped, killed, or robbed. You know, if you go back a thousand years, that was a that was something you thought about every single day. If you go back a thousand years, you had to think about like, oh yeah. shit, I cut my hand. Am Companies I gonna... or, or countries invading your country, it's just, like all these things. It's just, you know, and, and for the most part, if you live in, in modern Western societies, uh, it's it just by all objective, you know, measures. It is the best time to be alive, especially if you're a woman, a minority, or anything else. Uh, you get, you know, it's just a lot better now. It's not perfect, but it's just the, it's the best time. And yet, we see mental illness, depression, uh, anxieties. Um, you know, uh, people, you know, uh, committing suicide. It, it's at a rate that it's still it hasn't gone down. Not only has it not gone down, but in some cases, it's gone up. And you have to ask yourself why. You know, why are all these these things happening? Why are we mentally sicker than we've been in a long time? And why are, why are things like suicide rates climbing in certain populations? And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know we we have all this stuff, we have all these things, we have all this comfort, we have more space in our homes than we've ever had, we have more clothes than we've ever had. I mean. You know, raise your hand if you have more than one pair of you know shoes or one pair of clothes. Raise your hand if you have a roof, if you have electricity, water. You know, that's most people listening right now. Actually, probably all of you listening because you're listening on a podcast, which means you have some kind of a smartphone, electricity, probably. smartphone. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I saw a bum with an iPod. I have seen so, a bum yeah, with an yeah, iPhone, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to ask yourself. That's where we're at like, now. Right. We're in tough time. You're so, yeah. things what, are so what tough. What apps you got there? New sne- yeah. He had new sneakers. He had a ball cap, a nice jacket, and an iPhone. I'm like, fuck. This is where we're at now, yeah. dude. And, and it's and it's not perfect, but you have to ask yourself why we have all these issues. And I don't think it lies in the fact that we need more comfort. And more stuff. I think it maybe is in the fact that we don't go out and learn through difficult situations as much. We don't challenge ourselves as much. We don't value the things that uh, that give us uh, true value, 
like we used to, like we, like we should. You know, um, a lot of our connection with each other um, can be false. It can be, you know, you fine, you have 400 Facebook friends and you can be in contact with all these people. And on one level, that's fucking amazing. But on the other level, how many of those people are going to be there for you if some shit really right. fucking goes yeah. down? Physically. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of it comes from that. And you're also seeing more and more people. You know, I know people are saying, oh, the country's more divided now. Things are more divisive. And this is, I believe, because we seek out people that want to, you know, more agree with us. Well, we just. Like, I go on these forums on Facebook, and I, because I love politics, economics, I love debating certain things. And it's an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Like, all they're doing is, like, nobody's debating. Everybody's agreeing yeah, everyone's, with each other. It's, yeah, right. Isn't that funny when you get yeah. that? It's just everybody who agrees with each other all on one forum bashing and, some other point And then point if of you view. disagree, yeah. <laughs> if you disagree with someone. You're outcast. They don't want to debate yeah. with you and discuss with you. What they want to do is silence you. They want to bully you. You had a situation with that just recently this morning, didn't you? Weren't you talking to somebody and they were just like, didn't uh, you? It was in politics and we were having a discussion. And I don't need to go into the details, but... We were having a, a discussion, now, and I'm, I'm trying to have an objective discussion. I'm like, okay, let's look at these numbers. Let's look at these facts. Here's what's going on. This person's saying, no, this is my personal experience. I'm saying, well, my personal experience was different. However, those are anecdotes. And his response was, uh, I yep. hate debating with ignorant people, and I'm done now. I can't, I can't discuss this with you any further because you're obviously <laughs> an idiot or something like that. Yeah. It's uh, like what? That's called. I lost them out here. Well, yeah. forget that. It's just I don't want to. Yeah. I you know well, I don't want to engage. You know. They, yeah, I want you silenced. I yeah. want you to shut up, which yeah. is very different than I disagree with you. You know what I mean? That's a problem. So you know when we have our open discussions, I mean this, the, the 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 debate and discussion was on awareness, and what it I'll tell you what it forced me to do. It helped me understand my position and be able to, to articulate a little bit better because I don't think I did a good job. Um, articulating it before mm. and i think when people uh when we talk about things like being aware when we're talking about you know eating you know our relationships with food relationships to ourselves relationships to exercise uh i i i didn't i i personally don't feel like i explained enough how there's different layers to it and how simply being aware of consequences is a layer of awareness but is not a place it is not the. It is not. You're not done. And I'll give you guys an example. I have uh, a friend who has a father, very intelligent man. And this is an extreme example, of course. Very, very intelligent man. Uh, he was decorated at his previous job, uh, successful um, by all measures um, in terms of finance and business. But he uh, has battled with alcoholism for uh, a, a lot of his adult life. And he is now um, in full-blown alcoholic mode. Uh, doctors have told him, "Look, you have uh, liver. You know your liver is is not going to survive another couple years of this. You're going to kill yourself." He is fully 100% aware of the consequences. He knows what he's doing to his body. So on that level, he's aware. But what he is, what has he decided to do with that information is in, is another layer of being unaware. Does that make sense? Like. He's not looking at the root cause of what's causing him to be alcoholic, and he wants to get to the point where he ignores it. And this is an extreme case, an extreme example. He's ignoring the consequences and saying, I don't care. Mm. When in reality, it's the decision to be to, to stop at a certain level of awareness because any more awareness brings more light to the problem, which brings more pain yeah. and brings more, you know, having to, you know, I have to grow now through this, right? And so when, when we talk about relationships to food, 
And, you know, we're, we're debating back and forth about, you know, what it means to be aware. And some of the things I said, I said came across as arrogant. What I mean to say is uh, definitely knowing the consequences and understanding what you're doing to yourself is the next step. Because before that is not knowing, right? Before that is, I don't know that I'm doing things that are hurting my body or, or I'm doing things that don't make me feel good. Or I don't know that this may be not the right way to eat or maybe the, the way I'm eating may be a poor relationship to food. Mm-hmm. Knowing is then becoming conscious and aware of what's going on. But then what you do with that now takes you to the next step. And it's a, that, I think, is a very difficult step. I was uh, When it came to supplements um, and some of the stuff I did to my body with supplements, I was, uh, for me, I was there for a long time, man. I knew you know, what I was doing. I knew some of, you know, some of the supplements I was taking weren't really good for me. But I, I, I continued to take them because I just felt like, whatever, I don't care. I'm just going to keep taking them because I like them. I'm having a good time. And so for me personally speaking, of course, everybody has their own their own path. Uh, it took me a long time to finally stop, to stop doing that. And mm-hmm. then when I got out of it, looking back, it seemed so obvious. But when I was in, it was very difficult to, to kind of recognize that. Well, I think yeah. the problem with that one is that there's so many biased studies that are out there that, I mean, I literally was just talking to somebody right now uh, before we got on about you know, her taking branch chain amino acids oh, right, and right, stuff. Right. And I feel like there's just people are uh, flooded with this information and, and being told that it's so important. It was it took until I got into competing before I completely kicked it because then I realized was it because you were measuring yes, and seeing exactly because I was, was so there? precise about I'd never been to that point, right? I'd never been so precise on measuring every single thing uh, all the way to the how many ounces of water was going into my system every single day and I tracked that uh, religiously for over two years during that whole time of competing. And while I was doing that, I experimented with a lot of things. Like I would allow protein bars and shakes in my diet and I would take branched chain amino acids and glutamine and stuff. And when I started to realize like, oh my God, like th- there's no real difference. In fact, I actually liked the way that my physique looked and felt when I wasn't taking some of the stuff. I became very fascinated with that. Like, whoa, you know, for, for so long, I felt like I needed to take this creatine. I needed to take these branch chain amino acids. I need to make sure I'm getting this. I need to make sure I'm getting that. And, you know, I don't want to miss anywhere. And, you know, if I'm this dial, like this is going to give me the competitive edge. And, you know, and I justified in my head that uh, as an, you know, at this level, this is the, I should be taking it because I'm at that level. And everybody wants to be at that level, whether you are or not. Uh, you know, we tell ourselves that we want to be at that level. And so, and we see what these pros or we see what these people are taking and doing. And so we think in our heads that the, I too, I'm going to take that cause I want to be at that mm-hmm. level. And, and maybe this is a step in that well, direction. I, yeah. I think any of these like performance pursuits, like where you're trying to get to the pinnacle, a lot of people just like, they want to coach because they want to be mindless in the process of it because they, by any means necessary, I want to get to, to this pinnacle of my performance, uh, a goal or whatever it is. And so, I mean, a lot of times, like you kind of reflect back, like, you know, how was I feeling during this process? You know, you start picking up on like, you know, what, what you were doing and and the things that uh, led to aches, pains, or like, you know, certain like issues you had with your, with your gut and like, you know, the way that you were, you know, pooping or whatever it was, you know, all these things that were like signs and signals that you just, just hammered through because like your end goal is always like so important. And, uh, and this is that athletic mind, you know, and it, regardless of what it is, if you're competing for on stage, it's, it's just such a, 
uh, it's ingrained in us growing up. Like it really is something that is, yeah, just is do desired. It. Yeah, do it by all means necessary. Hell, it's even the it's even the slogan to Nike. You know, just do yeah. it. I think uh, the whole what pops in your mind is the whole what if. Well, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's probably not doing anything for me. But what if it's doing something for me? What yeah. if it's helping me a little? I'd bit? rather take the chance of it doing something good than not doing it at all. Right. right? Rather yeah. than that saying, was my way of thinking. Exactly. Yeah. I know exactly what because I do the same thing. And rather than saying what if this is doing nothing or what if this is actually hurting? What if this is actually detrimental to not only my goals but also to my wallet, mm-hmm. uh, to my mental state? The fact that I'm, you know, that I'm, then why do I feel so compelled to have to take this regimented supplement routine regime, for example? This is what my, this is my mentality, at least. Why do I feel so compelled to have to do this on a daily basis? What happens if I stop? What happens if I stop taking it? You know, uh, the first thing that happens is you get anxiety. It's not anxiety over. Oh my god, I stopped taking X supplements. Now what's going to happen? Nothing's happened yet. Like relax. Like let's let's just see what's going on. It's even like. When people, I tell people to change their workout routines. When I tell people, hey, I know you've been doing your body part split for a very long time. Why don't you try this workout, you know, like MAPS or whatever. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. our program, so that's what I recommend. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try this out? And they're always like, well, you know, what if I go backwards? Like, what if I, and it's like, you're not going to lose all your gains in, in a matter of three weeks. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, it, it's, it's, this, it's this crazy fear of what's going to happen. And it's also this unhealthy connection yeah. to their current workout routine. This alpha, like if it's like, I've had clients who do uh, cardio every day, day in and day out, metabolic damage, and I tell them, listen, we're going to have to reduce some of your cardio, and it's just it's it, it, it induces a level of anxiety in them. Mm-hmm. And when I try to get them to acknowledge it, many, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do, and it gets worse. Right? They acknowledge it, and they're like, oh fuck, I didn't realize how much of an addiction or or you know connection, poor connection I had to it. And it becomes more evident, and now things get a little worse at first. And sometimes that's what happens. At first, you become more aware, and things kind of suck a little bit more before they start to get better. And I feel like IIFYM, and here's the thing. like When we talk about things like IIFYM and nutrition, people go the extreme with us. And they say, oh, well, you guys you guys demonize bad foods, and you guys think everybody should eat perfect all the time. And that is not, that's not our message no. whatsoever. That's not the message. In fact, there are healthy reasons for eating foods that are quote unquote physically unhealthy okay there definitely are there are potential benefits uh wellness benefits to sometimes enjoying a cake a piece of cake now what could those be right from a physical standpoint that cake has almost zero benefit to me unless i'm starving and i need some kind of calorie or whatever there's zero benefit from eating cake on a physical biological level but could it contribute to my wellness in a positive way? Sure. Maybe I'm, I'm celebrating a birthday. Maybe I'm enjoying the taste. How often do we actually savor the taste of foods that we uh, consider cheap meals, cheap foods? Have you ever watched somebody, uh, 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 especially a person in fitness who's really into fitness, have you ever watched them eat a cheap meal? Yeah. Very rarely do Devour. they- Devour. They don't savor it. Yeah. It's not like they're eating it and enjoying it and saying they enjoy it. It is literally what they're doing is they're they're uh, inhaling it. They're, they're 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 smashing through it. But what they're doing is they're treating this this uh, symptom that they have with this quick oh get full 
oh, I feel relief. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Well, I, and, I feel and, relief now. And then what they do is they start to they start to train themselves as it's like a reward system. Yes. I've been good for two weeks. I deserve this. Yeah. I've been good for, yeah. I deserve this. And then now you're starting to, and that's, and I think that's the message to get across here is learning to connect that, you know, going back, circling back to the supplements, you know, a big thing that opened my eyes too. And I, and I challenged those that are still taking their branched amino acids, their glutamine, their creatines, all their protein powders, all their bars are still doing those things. And they're like, oh no, when I'm doing all that, I am in the best shape I've ever been. I feel the best. Okay. Well, I challenge you to, to, to step back. What I had to do and realize was, well, you know what really what happens when I'm doing all that? I'm the most regimen and consistent with everything else. With everything else when I'm doing that. I'm not missing my workout. I'm making sure I'm making good food choices. I've spent this money on all the supplements, so it causes me to do to work out, train harder, to do these things. It's not really the supplement that's giving me the great results. It's the mentality that I now have because I'm taking them. Yeah. It's now giving me this consistency. That's where the real results, that's where the real benefit it's not the $150 that I'm spending on all the bars, the shakes, and all the other bullshit. That's what it reminds me of uh, multivitamin studies. The, the, some of the early studies on multivitamins showed that when people took multivitamins, they were healthier. Um, some studies showed that they lived longer. But what they didn't tease out of that was, and now that they've done it, they found that it's not, it doesn't really do anything. What they didn't tease out of that was that people who tend to take multivitamins also tend to cared about their health. Yeah, yeah. like who who goes and buys a multivitamin? Someone who doesn't give a shit about their health, or someone right. who cares? It's like the cigarette studies back, you know, uh, or the excuse me, the, the coffee studies in the past. Like, oh, yeah, coffee right. is very unhealthy. Well, they didn't tease out the fact that people who smoke cigarettes like to drink coffee as well. So that's been thrown into the mix. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, taking supplements and stuff like that, uh, that's why sometimes you got to look at the studies a little deeper. Mm-hmm. IIFYM uh, or, you know, tracking and all that stuff is another, is another layer of that. Look, if you're, if you're, if you're going it's from the a first step of awareness, it is, you're now counting. Look, when I coach people, my goal is to get them to not have to count, right? Not have to to more track. of an intuitive way of eating to the point where they don't eat unhealthy, not because they're not supposed to, mm-hmm. not because it's bad, not because they want to be lean, not because they want to be muscular, but because they don't, they just simply don't want to. And that's a, that's a, that's the, that's a hard place to get to. And it takes a while to get there. But before I can even attempt to get there, I got to track. I have to see what you're eating. We have to add things up. We have to connect the dots. We have to see what your proteins, fats, and carbohydrates look like. I have to give you targets so you can see how you feel when you hit certain targets. I have to give you other targets so we can see how you feel. We have to change your calories so that you can experience what it's like having a low-calorie day so that you can experience what it's like fasting and so that you break the chains of the small meals all day long. And I have to give you days where you eat a lot of food and that you're okay with feeling full. These are all parts of getting down you know getting to that process and i've seen in our industry at least with iifym lots lots and lots of people are stuck in it to the point where it becomes very poor relationship to food and that's one of my main and then of course my other my other objection to it is they go so extreme with it and say there are no good or no bad foods or there are no foods that are better and no foods that are worse which is whoa you just took you just took that. You just took everything and went to the absolute extreme to the point where it's bullshit now. Well, yeah. and and you're not allowing yourself to start connecting the dots to what is driving you towards these types of foods. That and that I think that's the point to be made here is that nobody is demonizing a food. Nobody is denying. I'm not de- denying I have popcorn. Yeah. I'm not denying I have a cheeseburger. Well, why de- are you so defensive over specific yeah. foods? Yeah, I'm not. It's, there's none of that like that. It's just understanding that hey. 
what drives me to go want this? What And that's the thing that we're trying to get across. I mean, if people, it's so funny how defensive everybody got with the IFYM thing. It's just like, you know, dude, relax. We're no one's saying that you can't use it as a tool. I'm just saying evolve, go beyond that. Don't just stop there. Good job. You figured out how to not get fatter. Good job. You figured out how to lean down and, you, and build muscle and eat these macronutrient foods that help you head in the right direction. Just continue evolving and pushing yourself. It's the same mentality. Like when we talk about fasting and the ketogenic diet, fans of both of them but i do not teach my people that until i've taught them a solid foundation first it's because if you start if, if i just taught somebody hey follow this ketogenic diet and they come back to me like holy shit adam i look the best i've ever looked that is i didn't do my job i didn't sure i got them in shape sure i might have answered their first got them to their first goal which was getting in the best shape of their life but i haven't really taught them how to connect the dots yet on what why that happened and how you feel and all these other things that are going on when you're eating this way there's so many layers to this that you don't want to just stop there you don't want to just say this way of eating results in this and if i'm any i'm either either or you know it's not this mm-hmm. black or white thing right it's it, it, with it, what happens when you start to track, you start to pay attention, you start to notice, uh, okay, this food has this, this food has that. I can follow this profile and I can feel better as a result from it because now I'm actually paying attention to certain things. But if you get stuck in that, what ends up happening is you become, uh, uh, it's a constant worry. I'm constantly thinking about mm-hmm. macros. I'm constantly thinking about calories. And then it's... uh and then it turns into what can I fit in this macro pro- profile of foods that uh, I, I that are not good for me, but God, I want them so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes that kind of an unhealthy obsession. And I see it uh, on Instagram all the time mm-hmm. when you see these diehard, a lot of these diehard IIFOM, you know, fanatics, fitness professionals, and you look at the pictures on their Instagram, and a, a lot majority of the pictures are things like cake and ice cream and you know sugary cereal what's what the, what they're doing is they're de- they're demonstrating their obsession with food mm-hmm. and that's a, it's become an obsession to the point where that becomes that's what they want to post yeah. all the time of course we talk about the message that that sends across and i don't think that they're trying to send a bad message necessarily but i think some people see it and, and get the wrong you know get a bad message like oh look at this asshole who says he can eat all the stuff and look that way or oh these things are perfectly healthy and i should be elite those what I but what I what it what it is obviously showing is someone's obsession with food. These some of the a lot of these the, this, they post more food than food pages do. Yeah, this was my message of that post. Really, it wasn't really so much to attack IIFYM directly. It was to attack the 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 men and women out there that are making these posts and that consider themselves fitness professionals that consider themselves some of the leaders in the industry or that are personal trainers and this is the message that they're sending to all and they have clients mm-hmm. it's like shame on you i'm not saying that i don't have the, those same desserts every once in a while like you do too and i can maintain my my physique i'm not saying that what i'm saying is why would you continue to promote that when you're trying to help people you're not really helping well, them to me, and, and this is kind of off in, in left field, but like for me, my immediate reaction, like seeing people get so tied into just like this is a focus and like this kind of food's okay to incorporate in my life and I need to have this uh, in my routine, they don't really, uh, they don't look at food as having medicinal properties, right? Like, so if food, if you actually organize food in such a way where it can benefit your body and and heal you from the inside, like, 
you're, you're trying to tell me that now I can, I can put this food into that mix and it's not going to affect me. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's very, just fucking stupid. It's very true. And, uh, I'll, I'll use an ex- another example. You know, there's people out there who truly love to exercise. Now it's not because they're fanatical about needing to look a certain way. They just truly love to move and it feels good and they enjoy it and they want to do it because it, it's something that nourishes their body and their soul and their mind. Now, exercise hurts. Exercise is painful. Exercise challenges you. It makes you sweat. These are all physiological responses that we tend to avoid. Nobody wants to be hurt. Nobody wants to breathe hard. Nobody wants to be sore. But why do these people enjoy exercise so much? I'll tell you why. They have connected the well-being that they get from exercise to exercise to the point where now they embrace how exercise feels. Well, this is what happens to food when you start to connect the dots. This is what I mean by you're, you're, what you'll find is that you'll crave or want you know these quote-unquote bad foods less and less. Mm-hmm. It's not because all of a sudden they taste different. Like if I, eat a, if I eat a piece of candy, it still tastes like a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. But because of the connections I've made... I simply, and it's not like I'm thinking to myself like, no, I can't eat that. It's just, I don't want any, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very different process. Or if I'm eating a big plate of, you know, cooked, you know, vegetables, or if I'm eating, you know, some other foods that, you know, nourish me or, and are healthy for me, I'm not eating them because I'm saying to myself, like, I need to eat this. It's healthy. This needs to be in my diet. I'm eating it and I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying the way it's making me feel. And as a result, these are the foods that I seek out now. Mm -hmm. I actually crave them. And, and, and look, we went on our most recent, uh, you know, program retreat where we were creating a program, right? And that one night, and, so, and that one night we went out and we were eating, you know, whatever we were eating. But then at the end of the night, we had bought a shit ton of vegetables, and you know, Doug had prepared some of them, and you know, he'd put some bacon with the Brussels sprouts, and I had, you know, boiled some of the rapini and put olive oil on it, and you know, we always. And we were eating, and we were—I mean, we were fucking enjoying it. It wasn't like we're like, we need to eat these vegetables. No, we were all eating it, and everybody was quiet, like you like you get sometimes when everybody's eating certain foods because they're really fucking into it, and we're really just enjoying the hell out of it. And it wasn't—it's. You know, it's 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 all about the connections, uh, the way we know we feel when we eat them, the way we view these foods, and like I said, when you get to that point, you you just don't want to, you just end up not craving certain things. And you know, we talked about binge when people binge eat or when they overeat and they they get so stuffed. Like the point that you want to get to is not, or that you want to end up, is not that you know what you're doing is wrong and I'm just stopping myself from doing it because I'm so disciplined and I have so much you know, self-discipline, like that's like phase one, right? Okay. Now I'm self-disciplined. I'm not going to eat this. It's bad for me. I got to fight it because I'm craving it, but I'm very self-disciplined individual. Congratulations. You've gotten to a great, you've gotten to a certain level and a step, but that's not where you want to end up because you'll end up losing at some point. At some point that self-discipline will either go away or you become so fanatical about it, but that, that, that self-discipline then becomes a stress to you. It becomes an anxiety to you to the point where I work with clients all the time online where I see how fucking stressed out they are about their food, where I literally will tell them, I don't want you to track for the next three days, and they cry. I can't do that. I'm not ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Like You can't tell me that's a healthy relationship to food to where you don't track for three days and they freak out, or they stress out because they're going on vacation. They're going to go on vacation, and they're stressed out because now they're not in this controlled environment with mm-hmm. their food, right? So that that's the point. that that's that's You don't want to end up there. Sure, you get there, 
But then what you want to be, imagine this, imagine a life where you, well, it's this, no longer I, a stress. I want to stop you right there because this is what I meant by earlier when I brought up, you know, I, I can't wait for the time that we get a chance to talk with Lane and we go back and forth because here's our point of view where this is at, where we debated is that, you know, in our experience, the this is where people go when they when they get good at it. When you get good at the tracking and the macro and being that, you became you become so fixated on it that it's the end all be all mm -hmm. for you. You know, and that's what we're it trying becomes to, a problem. Yeah, exactly. It's the extreme, and that's and that's all we're trying to say. It's the same reason I feel like I have to continue to say that mind pump is not like ketogenic diet fasting. There's there's proponents to it that we are we are huge advocates of that we're fans of that there's health benefits behind yeah. them. We lean is, on the healthy side of all these like they're tools. Yes, yeah, these are tools. It's they are not tools. the official diet of. It's mm -hmm. not something we're standing behind. We're trying to to promote and say this is the, no. This is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. There's things to take away from this, you know. And I and I urge every just like I would urge somebody if you are if you are completely oblivious to macronutrients. And you are about to make a change and you've decided that, you know what, I'm going to start, you know, uh, paying attention to what I'm eating. IFYM is a great start. That's the place you should start. It's a great start. You have to start. I mean, that's yes. kind of where you always want to yes, start, Yes, right? absolutely. It's a great start. Huge fan of it that way. I mean, you're talking about somebody who is completely unaware of macronutrients and calories, proteins, fats, carbs, and all that. And that is a great place to start you off. But once you master IFYM... Do not think for one yeah. minute that you should stop there. Yeah, it's no, only the beginning. No, it's a, it's a, you know what it is? It's a progression from the, I ha I eat the same food four or five times a day, every single day. Mm -hmm. That That's why, that's, that's where, that's why some people will do it and be like, oh my God, I feel so free. Yeah. Because before what they were doing was breakfast was this, yeah. snack was this, lunch was this, snack was this, dinner was this, and it's the same food all the time, perfectly portioned. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why they feel like, oh my God, I'm so free now. Now I just have to track my macros. <laughs> And then I can fit foods in there. But then what it turns into is this, uh, it can turn into binging. It could turn into I'm on or I'm off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to a well, restaurant. It's taking a, a super extreme obsession and it's like presenting them with a different obsession that, that is a little bit better. And it turns smart people into idiots where I get people telling me it's calorie free. Therefore, it doesn't matter. Consume it. Uh, as if they're, you know, it's like they're saying that whatever doesn't matter if I put it in my mouth and it doesn't have protein, fat, carbs, or calories, it has no effect on me then. It doesn't matter because it fits in my macros, which is false, is unequivocally false. Everything you put in your mouth and you eat has some kind of a reaction with your a chemical reaction, biological reaction, emotional reaction. You are doing something with your body, and there are you know, changes and benefits and consequences as a result of it. And IIFYM, many proponents go so extreme with it that they ignore that, that it then becomes no longer important to the point where they defend, you know, artificial sweeteners and colors and, you know, preservatives and all these things to the, they, they defend it to the death because what's all, what, all that's important is that you don't overconsume calories and that you only eat, you know, you eat the right amount of proteins, fats, uh, and carbohydrates. Well, or their argument is it, it's the lesser evil, right? Like who's better off? Somebody who's yeah. mindlessly eating and stuffing their face. And nobody's and making that argument. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what happens is the extreme people take that, that side with us. And it's like, dude, I'm not saying that. I'm not talking to the, the guy or girl that was sitting on their couch stuffing their face with no idea what's going in or in their system and then now decides to do mm -hmm. IFYM and it's changed their life. No, congratulations. I'm not trying to stop that or tell that person anything. I'm mm -hmm. What I am trying to say, though, is 
continue going, continue evolving, continue learning. And the reason why I stress it is because I've been doing this for fucking 16 years and I still am. Mm. Every time we get a new doctor on here and we talk to them, I learn something new and I take away something that, how can I apply this to my life? Oh, dude, how much has your vegetable uh, intake increased since we talked to Dr. Uh, Terry oh, Walls? I'll tell you right now, like it's, and I've An been- insane amount. So, and, and give you guys a little bit of, uh, uh, those that follow me on Instagram know that I've posted this on my Insta story this last week. So this has been, first we talked to Dr. Terry Walls. And uh, I was like, God, I am. And I, always, I already knew that I was already under eating my, my vegetables. And that's always been something that I have to kind of. But what's of, funny is it's not like you weren't eating them. Yeah. What, you were eating that, them daily. Yes. You just weren't eating enough. Yeah. No, I was not getting those you know, six to nine cups of vegetables a day. And so I thought, okay. And I have autoimmune stuff. I have psoriasis. I've talked about that before. And I have allergies. And so I thought, okay, well, this is somewhere where I can improve in my life, you know? And it's, I've been trying to work towards it. And then recently, uh, you know, getting on to Dr. Rhonda Patrick and a lot of the stuff that she puts out there, she has this shake and everything in the shake is like, I mean, all the vegetables are like hitting specific areas that I, I need to address in my diet. And I'm like, I need to incorporate this. Now, she drinks this thing, I think, every single day, which I'm not there yet. Like I haven't, uh, I haven't incorporated enough. I haven't uh, connected those dots yet. I'm the first connected that I've made is awareness. I'm aware. I'm lacking all those things. So my first step was this, and I, Katrina and I decided that this would be a goal together. We're gonna do, and I said, okay, um, I'm gonna make this shake. Uh, two to three times per week. That I'm going to start with that, like just incorporating. So basically every other day or if two days go by, I make sure that I incorporate. And then we've been doing that. And so I'm just going to watch, pay attention to how it makes me feel, connect the dots, and then I'll try to progress and start to... And it's already becoming something that's easier. I already noticed it's become... Uh, uh, an easier habit for me. I noticed too, it's starting to eliminate the, the the cravings for other foods. I noticed my skin. I noticed my sleep. I noticed my energy. I noticed too, I've, the first time in my life, I've been around tons of sick people and I don't get sick. I was the, I'm always the guy when everybody, I have like the weakest immune system ever. And when everybody gets sick, it's like, oh, it's all just a matter of time when I'm going to get sick and how it's just whether how bad it's going to be or not. So, and I'm noticing that I, I went right through that. All of you guys got sick around me. I was around sick people. Katrina was sick and I totally made it through that. And I attribute it to that. Now, could that be just coincidence that that happened? This, but sure, that and that's why I'll continue. I'll continue going down this path of incorporating it and assessing it with uh, with my how I feel. And that I think that why we speak so passionately is here we are after all these years still still learning more and still creating better habits. And, oh man! I mean, I noticed too. I it was like a, about a two or three weeks ago. We we went to the movies. And you ever wonder why you always want popcorn when you go there? Like, there, is there something to do? Is there something like with movies and popcorn? Like that? Why do we all want popcorn? Oh, they've Just made that connection for you. Exactly. Yeah. They have made that connection for you. So what a great example. Yeah. You, you, if you if you have any denial over how important making connections are, think about it this way. If I say to you pancakes, when do you think about eating them? Yeah, breakfast. Okay. That was a that was a connection that the marketing industry, uh, you know, food industry made for you. Yeah, eating there's, cakes. There's, yeah, birthday. In a different form. Yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking cake. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's literally cake, right? Yeah, yeah. Popcorn, right? Yeah, or movies. Movies. You yeah. always think about movies. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, a steak. Well, that's dinner. Like, you, you, these are all connections that they've made for you. So all you got to do is start making them for yourself and you'll find... In the morning, like I crave now, if I eat in the morning, usually I don't, but if I do eat in the morning, 
It's a large vegetable dish, which is fucking weird because you don't eat vegetables in the morning ever. That's so countercultural, right. bro. But now, but now I like it's like ooh, I've made the connections. Like God, that makes me feel good. Whatever, that's what I want now. That's well, all I want. In the let me tell you how strong these connections are too. So knowing that, connecting those dots, knowing that someone has made this popcorn and going to the movies connection for me, and saying I want to break this connection. Okay, one of the steps that we do, I tell Katrina, let's make sure we have a, a big, full, healthy meal full of good, healthy fats before, right before we go. So I'm nice and full and I'm not hungry. Because talk about if someone's already made that connection for and you you're hungry. and you're hungry, yeah. I mean, now you have to have some serious self-discipline right. or you say, fuck it, I'm going to enjoy it, right. right? Which a lot of people decide to do this. So there's that, that, that level of awareness like Sal was talking about the other day. And then the next level of awareness is, okay, I'm going to do something to help counter this connection that's someone else has made for me but guess what when you know how powerful it is it's still there of course right i still go there i'm like holy shit i ate i don't need any food i know i don't need any food i just had an 800 calorie meal full of fat i should be completely satiated but as soon as i get while well, going up that escalator and that hits it. that smell hits yeah. my nose in the butter right away i go we need to get popcorn it wow, is, dude! It wow, is, that's what you're dealing with. Is uh, you know, awareness is is literally dealing with levels of your ego, and your ego is so pervasive. It is so, it is who you are to the point where the deep, the, the deeper you go, the more you realize, oh fuck, like uh, yeah, I, the, I've got a lot deeper to go. The more you find out, the the more you don't, you know, you don't know, right? The more you realize you don't know a, a goddamn thing. It's very, very. It's very challenging. I read this the other day. They said something like the ego is like an onion. There's many layers, and the deeper you go, the more you cry. Like it's oh, that's great. It's <laughs> it's it's a, it's a very difficult process. I mean, it's one of these things. Like imagine it's a great one. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're arguing with someone, right? You're in a fight with your girlfriend or whatever, and she's saying, "Listen, you're acting like an asshole right now." You're like, "No, I'm not. I'm fucking not an asshole. You're being a bitch or whatever." Yeah, you get all the. It's literally like afterwards, like. Am I being an asshole? Like, Let me examine this. I sounded this. a lot like an asshole. Am I really doing this? Yeah, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult thing for you to do. And making these connections is very difficult. And this is one of the... Here's a challenge that I have for you for listening. If you don't track your food, if you don't look at your calories, if you're unaware of these things, your challenge is to get a, an app like Fat Secret and to start tracking. Don't even hit targets. Just start tracking. There you go. Just so you can be aware of... What you're actually consuming on a day-to-day basis, it's very revealing. Here's my challenge to those of you that track religiously, okay? Stop tracking. I want you to stop (laughs) tracking for the next week, and I want, and here's what'll happen. One of two things is going to happen. Either one, you, because you're not tracking anymore, you're going to eat horribly. You're all of a sudden going to feel like, oh fuck, this is free. I'm free. I'm I'm free of the chains of, you know, trying to eat a certain way. I'm going to eat whatever the fuck I want. Or you're going to, you can make the conscious effort to eat foods that nourish your body, to eat foods that you know are going to make you feel good, that actually serve you. Both of those have lessons. Both of those are learning opportunities. And at the end of the week, go back to tracking if you want, uh, but but learn from what happened, whether you went off or not. I mean, if yeah. you went off and went crazy. And what those triggers are that if you go off, like, well, what set that off? It's a lot of self-exploration, yeah. and it's a very difficult thing. And I guarantee you this right now, those of you that don't track, that start tracking, you're going to have an easier time than those of you who are religiously tracking right now, and I tell you to stop tracking for a week. I bet you right now people listening are like, oh, fuck that. Just anxiety. They're sweating. I, they're swe- I'm not yeah. going to track. Oh, I'm going to get fat, lip. or I'm not going you know, to look as aesthetic or whatever. Well, yeah. and I know this is going to piss off some trainers, but just uh, it's really um, trying to help you because I know that I did the same thing too. So we used to do this. You get a client, you male, female, height, weight, activity level, 
and then boom, you spit off this meal plan. And basically, it's an IFYM meal plan. It's based off of their height, their weight, their their age, things like that that you take into account, and then you spit off this diet that they should follow, right? And you help, and you kind of customize it because you ask them what foods they like, they don't like, and then to, you put together this plan for them. I stopped doing that about three years ago. I did that for 10 plus years of my trainer career until I realized, man, I really was not helping people. And it took a lot for me to look at myself and say that because Mm -hmm. it's once, like you just said, the onion thing is so great. The deeper you go, the more you realize, like, you know, I want to, I want to believe I'm a great trainer. I've got changed tons of lives, helped tons of people. But when I realized, wow, I'm really not helping these people. So now when I help somebody nutritionally, I don't give them a number. I don't oh, give them. Oh. Let's talk about meal plans. Let's talk about like th- that was one thing that I I always wanted to have organized. I wanted to have it in a simplistic fashion where they could just look at that and be like, okay, man, yeah, I can do that. Like this will last, never lasted, never worked ever. Zero well, percent well, of the time. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because people, because it, they're trying so hard to form this into their, uh, you know, it was too clunky. Like they have a lifestyle set up, everything that they like, they don't like, they've already figured that out. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're trying to do something that's completely foreign. You know, the, the whole thing is that they're going through this process mindless mm-hmm. and they want, they want to keep that established. They want to, they want to keep the, the comfort of that where this is what I have to do to, to be healthy. Oh this my- is what I, I just want to follow this and, and make it easy. Oh my God. How many times have you had someone say to you, just tell me what to do? Just well, write down what I need yeah, to eat. Yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, what to yeah. do and I'll do it. Don't and, educate me. Just and tell this me is why this does not help and why it was like a, such an aha moment in my career was when I started to do it this way where I said, listen, do not impress me. Do not change anything. Eat exactly how you've been eating for the three months before you met me. Just track it for me because I want to see some things. Then I then when I look at their diet, holy shit. Well, guess what? Well, and, and of course, they know they're not eating good because they're they're in the position they're in. That's why they're hiring me. But if I just put together this meal plan to get them get results, sure, I can put them in a calorie-restricted, IFYM type of fucking meal plan that's going to get them ripped. But what I won't do is I won't help them with all these things that I notice with their patterns. Wow, look at this person. She's she, The whole week has gone by, and she has missed her fiber target every single day. Wow, she's eating three times the sugar that she should be consuming on a daily basis. Wow, she's eating one and a half times the protein that she or he should be eating. Wow, this person gets hardly any healthy fats. I've got a lot of things I need to address with this person. Yeah. I'm going to pick one. One by one. One thing, and I'm going to educate them on that. I'm going to show them how to start to make these changes and these mm-hmm. connections to how they should feel they and from each each individual nutrient and then from there we build their plan we build their sustainable lifelong plan that there is no off or on they just are every day getting a little bit better little about the improvements getting more God, aware it's such a more awareness it's such a great place to be and it's but it's uh, i got i can't stress this enough it's a long journey yeah. and there is no destination nope. I, I don't think you ever reach a point where you're you know uh you know this this perfect you know nirvana where but it keeps that's what i want to get clear clear to some motherfuckers out there too that think that you know we're self-righteous in this it's like i'm not there i'm still working we're all working i'm actually talking through my process a hundred percent we're all we're all working Uh, there let me tell you something the last couple years for me or last over the last maybe five years for me have been tremendous 
uh, growth in this uh, in this particular arena. Had I continued on the path I was on 10, 10, 15 years ago, I don't know what my health would be now. I definitely wouldn't be good, and I could. It, it might even be absolutely horrible. I might have caused something very, very bad to happen to myself. But it is a complicated, long process. There is no destination. But here's an example of how complicated it could be. Right? Uh, you know, working with a client, she you know, competes in uh, bikini, very regimented, super tracked, right? So her connection to food is on that kind of neurotic level, right? And she comes out and she tells me, uh, you know, oh, yesterday I ate a large lunch and uh, I felt really bloated and uncomfortable. So let me tell you why this is, uh, this is complicated. Sometimes bloat means you ate a food that you had intolerance to. Sometimes bloat means maybe you ate something you weren't supposed to. But see, this young lady eats very, very healthy. She eats very, very, so healthy, in fact, that having her go off tracking is very, it's more stressful to her than not, right? She eats very, very healthy. So I asked her, what did you eat, uh, you know, in your lunch that, that, and you think maybe made you bloated? So she listed her foods and boom, there it is. Brussels sprouts. How did you, how did you prepare your Brussels sprouts? Oh, I lightly sauteed them so they weren't really cooked all the way through. Now, when you eat foods like Brussels sprouts with lots of fiber, you're going to experience normal and natural levels of bloating because there's certain beneficial bacteria that break it down, that produce gases. And so you're going to get some bloating and it's going to go away rather quickly. It's not stomach upset. It's not the bad kind of bloat. But nonetheless, you do feel a little bloated. Now, for someone who competes in bikini, is very self, very, very, you know, thinking about how her, how in she looks. In tune with it. her body. You know, I'm very not only in tune with my body, but I don't want to look like my stomach's oh, yeah. any bigger bloat no matter where it comes from is a very bad thing and so what i was trying to do is help her connect the dots that listen that kind of bloat is okay you ate a lot of brussels sprouts it's going to happen that's beneficial bacteria you know breaking it down you're going to get a little gassy from it there's nothing wrong with that in fact it's very healthy it's not fat it's not my stomach is big and i'm uh, you know it you're uncomfortable with it because you felt like your stomach was a little bigger than it normally was. And that's what I mean by how complicated mm-hmm. this process can be. Because in that particular scenario, the bloat was not only was it okay, but it was a good thing. It meant her body was doing what it's supposed to, but it was also a good thing because now I'm helping her feel comfortable with her body in different stages. Because you're not going to walk around with an empty stomach, super ripped all the time, or at yeah. least if you do. You're headed. Uh, you're headed to to a bad destination. Well, this this reminds me too. This kid just recently on that post I did, you know, made a comment about okay, you know, I, if I live my life the way you guys did, you know, you know, and ate this way, I might see what a one to five percent, you know, increase for you know five hundred percent more difficulty, and that you know, so the return on investment for me, I just don't see it. And I'm thinking of this kid like, you know, your your body is not a fucking stock portfolio. You know, why would you not always be striving? I'm not saying that you need to go from here all the way to here. Like, dude, we're we're probably 10, 15 years older than you and been in this industry for a long time, still learning, still getting better, get better habits, making more connections. It's just keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. Don't settle. Don't stop there. Keep improving. Keep trying to learn. Keep growing. Evolve. Excellent. Excellent message. Uh, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. If you want to see some of those controversial, controversial posts, you can go to Adam's page at Mind Pump Adam. <laughs> you can find my page at Mind Pump Sal, and you can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance... 
Check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maths Anabolic, Maths Performance, and Maths Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.